You ready? Yep. How about you? Yep. Start it up. Red Van. Who is it? The middle segment of the show where the guys bring in a variety of guests from all over the country. Tonight we take a trip to Temple Human Performance in our very own Knoxville, Tennessee to visit myoskeletal therapist and longtime friend Mr. Blake Sensenbach. Now let's hear what the guys had to talk about. This is the Big Red Van. Segment two, who is it with Mr. Blake Sensenbach, right? How's it going? Man, thanks for coming in. You are a myoskeletal therapist at Temple Human Performance in the Knoxville area, correct? Yes, sir. Now, you're going to get to explain to to us what that means in English (laughs) here in a couple minutes, but uh, we really appreciate you coming in. This is the Get to Know You segment. Thanks for joining us for the road trip we're going to take. Yeah, happy uh, to be here. We're going to get to know a lot about you, a lot about massage therapy, and then you're also the bassist in a band, correct? Yep. Cerulea? That's right. Is that the name of it? Cerulea. Cerulea. All right. So we're going to get into all of that, but we do it press conference style. So you just kind of sit there, field questions, tell us what you got to tell us. All right. So indulge where you need to. So Hayden, take it away. Uh, First off, what's my discount? (laughs) What is your discount? (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah. I mean, if I want to get a massage, since we're bros, clearly I get a discount, right? Yeah, that that falls under the Broham package. <laughs> the Broham. <laughs> okay, but on um, serious note, uh, this is where I was without breaking the law, because of course, uh, what you do has is a certified thing. What do I need to know to give a great massage? What's what's where am I? Little pointers. <clears throat> well, one of the first things you know they'll tell you in school is that centripetal motion is part of the key, which means circles. No, which means towards the heart. Oh, Ooh, okay. So you know, say you're doing someone's arm or something you don't want to keep you don't want to stroke outward you don't want to keep you don't want to press all the blood into their hand you want to keep it flowing back to the heart because the heart's going to flow the blood itself that makes so much sense seems like such a simple thing but makes so much sense (sighs) which they tell they tell you that in the beginning and that in its own right is very important when dealing with extremities and whatnot but it's not always necessarily true well i'm just thinking i'm i've definitely like rubbed my own arm before being sore and pushed outward and it doesn't feel good but pulling inward on it does and that's just i've never even thought about that but that's freaking damn i'm never gonna forget that now (laughs) centripetal centripetal motion interesting centripetal motion so what exactly does myoskeletal therapy mean so myoskeletal alignment is a massage and bodywork modality that combines structural integration, which is rolfing, integrated massage, osteopathic manual therapy. It's it's more than just massage therapy. It's very um, active. The idea is getting your body to work for you and repair the problems that mm. it's caused. It's a it's a lot about um, pattern correction. Hmm pain and postural management, injury rehabilitation, and prevention. Huh. Well, I, I hear skeletal is obviously the dominant, you know, part of that word. You said 
by all means muscular, right? Correct. So I think about getting a massage, I think all muscular. I don't really think skeletal at all. So there is obviously a link to what you do to the setup of our bones and things, correct? Right. So you're talking about the healing and stuff, not only of muscle tissue, but of bones, right? Right. Because it, it really is all connected. Um, yeah. The, they teach but, you that. The like, hip bone and the knee bone. Like, yeah. <laughs> is that pun intended there? That's... <laughs> <laughs> No, it really is all connected. What I do sort of blurs the lines between massage therapy and chiropractic. The idea is, you know, you go to a chiropractor, say he or she aligns your spine. You're going to feel fine, feel good for a couple of days, but your muscles are going to be used to how your spine was in the first place. Right. So it's just by muscle memory, pun intended, I guess, <laughs> is, you know, it's going to pull your spine back to mm-hmm. the injured position it was in. So Interesting. it's more so than just being hands-on. It also has to do with corrective exercises mm-hmm. and training your muscles out of the patterns that are causing you pain. And the skeletal part comes with a lot of joint play. There's, as, as with any tissue in your body, lack of motion is one of the main things that can make it deteriorate. Right. Well, not necessarily deteriorate, actually quite the opposite. For instance, your muscles in longer periods of inactivity, they'll start to grow a fibrous tissue in between them. Preferred, I've only heard it referred to as cobwebs or the fuzz. <laughs> so <laughs> He's the, got the cobweb. Yeah, the medical term for that <laughs> evades me at the moment. But <laughs> So it, your muscles will literally start to grow together. That's why stretching feels so good in the morning. Because you're literally dissolving that tissue that has grown between them. So back to um, back to the skeletal side of it, your bones kind of work the same way, especially in joints. You're going to have parts that get stuck together. That's you know the popping of mm-hmm. the muscles when you or the of the bones when you hear that release. Is that really bad for you, by the way? It's really not. Okay, it's just one of those things yeah it's if if your bones are popping it's because there's a dysfunction there and what you're doing is trying to alleviate that dysfunction oh okay so i'm just i'm just broken then (laughs) yeah you're dysfunctional it's all good yeah you know which is is why i say if you pop your knuckles you can you know do it now and then maybe 30 minutes later you can do it again Hmm. you know just because they're sitting there like that and not being active interesting myoskeletal makes me think of the olympics with that cupping method whatever they called it, you know, with the suction cups on the back. Mm-hmm. You can mm-hmm. see different marks. Yep. Do you guys use stuff like that at all? Or No. That um, or that tape. Oh, yeah. The kinetic the tape. tape. The kinetic yeah. tape. I, I haven't messed with either of them personally, but I've seen a few people mess around with kinetic tape, and I think it's really interesting, and mm-hmm. I'd really like to get into yeah. it. Cupping, cupping is something... That's got to be like an old Chinese method or something, right? Yeah, right. I'm not sure the actual, you know, origins of it or anything, but I... It pulls one of... It pulls the fourth humor from your body the black bile humor you know it's a medieval joke bad uh, joke I, I was gonna say <laughs> right over my head shit i was like humorous that's, deanne that, that's i know bug. you'll get that joke so deanne probably you. laughing her ass off right i now. know she is nah right. cut this <laughs> i'm kidding I'm that's kidding. awesome so I'm, I'm sure that we got plenty of massa- massage questions and you know all that stuff i'm gonna switch it up for just a second we yeah. briefly touched on cerulea the band that you're in mm. that you play the bass for right right yeah, so everyone gets an inspiration from somewhere right so what is who was the first band or musician that you were into that you can really recall being into that I was into? Yeah. That's a good question. I mean, that, it can either be like, you know, the Britney Spears CD that you had when you were younger, or it can be the music you currently listen to now, or whatever. Honestly, I'm going to give um, 
credit to my oldest sister, Shannon. I have two older sisters, um, and they always had music lying around. I would always go in their rooms and steal their CDs and right. blast them. Honestly, No Doubt was the first. There you go, man. Dude, but I, like, the really No Doubt, when to. you're the, up from the time you're talking about, Tragic Kingdom. kicked ass, though. Oh, yeah. So it isn't like pop singer Gwen Stefani. It's, dude, No Doubt. No, it was when rocked. she was a hard ass. Yeah. Like, yeah. Love. I'm with you, dude. So that was probably the number one stolen album from my sisters. Do you still like them? Oh, yeah. That that album, particularly. You can still listen to it now? Yeah, every yeah. once in a while, kick it on. Not I'm with a, you, man. Not a big fan, you know, necessarily of the newer, like, Gwen Stefani featuring No Doubt type stuff. Right. Featuring No Doubt. And she's too big now. Yeah, right. It's got to be, you know, single name stuff. So where'd you pull your inspiration from then, musically? <clears throat> Honestly, as as sad as it is to say, it kind of sparked with just the, you know, seeing seeing people play, seeing people play live. And, Going to a concert or yeah, something. Yeah, and whatnot, and just being like, wow, that looks like so much fun. Hmm. I want to do that. It's true. So <laughs> It is a lot of fun. You know, <laughs> s- sadly, how it started out, it was, you know, initially more important how cool I looked playing the drums or how cool I looked playing the bass rather than, right. oh, this is really musical. I yeah. know this. You have to have your hair parted in the right direction you right. Know, for the... the <laughs> I, used for to, I used to play in a, um, a punk rock band and we would practice in my parents' like bonus room above their garage. And we'd always turn off all the lights and we had like black lights and disco lights and all sorts of crazy stuff just... To practice, just too. because, yeah, just to, <laughs> to practice the same songs we'd play it a hundred times, the same terrible songs, <laughs> but we like we felt like we looked cool doing it. We were like, oh, of course, yeah, yeah. Mm. look good, feel good. Playing drums with strobe light is always fun, just because you you only see half of what you're actually doing. <laughs> Wait, hold on. So, how many instruments do you play? Yeah, I uh, I play bass primarily. Uh, I play drums as well. I started out playing drums actually. Those are the only instruments I will say that I play. As in play well. Yeah, I can play guitar, piano, other various... Other determines on... Um, recorder. <laughs> determines what your definition of play means. Yeah. You know, because... Kazoo. If it's, lo- if it's a very loose definition, then I can play the ukulele, you know. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> it depends on what you're expecting. I did go through a phase in middle school, maybe early high school, where... Uh, I had recently, you know, discovered that eBay was a thing, <laughs> and I just researched all these crazy instruments, tried to find the weirdest instruments I could find. And Get you a theremin? No, that, <laughs> that was out of my uh, price Washboard. range. At that <laughs> but, you know, it turned into me getting things like a didgeridoo. Oh, oh dude. Accordion, They're so fun, though. Yeah. A few, like, you know, Celtic drums and random, random auxiliary percussion type instruments. <laughs> Precisely. Yes. Dude, no, for real though, the didgeridoo. Oh, wow, Malcolm, that sounds great. That sounds better than I can play the didgeridoo, so awesome. No, like, when it, like a couple of my friends in high school, they had a didgeridoo at their house, and man, it was so much fun. Like, oh, that's so I would cool. just, like, as soon as I could get the mouth position right and get the noise making, it sounds and then, awesome. Oh, dude, you're just like, oh, dude, this is so fun. <laughs> it's so it's cool. crazy. It's kind of one of those things that just locks in. You're playing it, and you're like, I think I kind of got it, but as soon as you. Do you it. hit that right frequency? You're like, there it is. Yeah, God, yeah. It's so fun. I literally every time I have like a paper towel roll, like the instrument, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, like trying to play it like a or just a big PVC pipe. <laughs> yeah, dude. I mean, it's it's the same thing, right? Kind of. That's just hilarious. The tone's a little crappy on the, yeah. the paper towel version. <laughs> so huh. being being in a band, how many songs do you have on your iPod? On my iPod, yeah. Mm. 
actually don't even have an iPod at the moment. I'm trapped in the 90s, and I still listen to CDs in my car. Okay. All right. So do you have... so awesome. Do any of those CDs have a song on them that would bring a tear to your eye? Like, is there any song that you could listen to nowadays that honestly would bring a tear to your eye? Yes and no. Okay. Kind of depends on the situation, I guess. Obviously, the situation that, you know, I relate to the song has a lot to do with it, but... Right. So the song sets the mood, or you set the mood with the song? I I would say that the original attachment came from, you know, setting the mood with the song, Mm. based on whatever was happening while I was watching it. Um, Say, like, okay, for for instance, um, I saw The Flaming Lips at Bonnaroo. I was there that year. Yeah. Yeah. They played two sets, which were both amazing. Mm -hmm. They played Dark Side of the Moon. That was from Pink so Floyd, start to finish. Good. That was good. One of the coolest things I've ever seen, dude. The the the, the visuals for that show were yeah. off the charts, dude. Whoa, you know, and that that's part of yeah the place setting the mood mm-hmm. is everything that's going on. But their last song of their own set, um, the song "Do You Realize," oh. you know, very very beautiful, very like emotional song. and whatnot, and just you know that whole scenario of being there, hearing the song, hearing hearing and feeling just how big and impactful it all was plus all of their crazy visuals because you know for a band like that a they're you know they definitely take pride in their like stage presence and Mm -hmm. antics and stuff every show he comes out in like a big bubble ball and rolling around in the crowd and throwing money putting on a show (laughs) yeah yeah so like you know that song in particular with everything that was going on and just the the evening Mm. you know that that's that's a song that can still bring a tear to my eye even that's a good dude i haven't listened to that song in years and now i'm gonna have to like so listening to it nowadays that's what it brings you back to yeah it brings you back to that that's amazing i was there man that was a good knuckles that was a good (laughs) damn show yeah i asked that question because our last guest actually from our last episode he we asked him about his favorite concert and he started talking about uh um how he got to see paul simon and paul simon came out on stage and announced that uh, Muhammad Ali had just passed away. Then and then he played his song "The Boxer," and oh, wow. just the atmosphere and everything. Our friend Brad started laughing. He said, it, "He said I was crying nearly that whole concert because of right. stuff like that." Mm. So, and and I think about the song uh, "Cats in the Cradle" uh, by Cat Stevens, I believe, mm-hmm. is who sings that. And I now have a son. And I work my ass off all the time. Right. So I think about that song sometimes when I hear it, and I'm like, holy shit. I, I Much more relatable have now. I've got to make sure that I don't work my life away, you know, yeah. and make sure that I have a relationship with my kids. So it doesn't necessarily bring a tear to my eye, but I listen to it differently now yeah, that I'm absolutely. a parent. So when I read that question to ask, I was like, oh, man, that's where my head went. And mm-hmm. made me think of Brad, too. So that was a really good answer. I've never actually heard that song. By the flaming lips, lips, but I'm gonna go back. And try not to, to cry. Listen I'll, to it. And write. I'm gonna try. They're just good damn songwriters, man. That's mm-hmm. a that's a good band. Good. That's good stuff. So continuing with music talk and band talk, uh, what was your favorite gig? As far as may may have been the people or may have been just the the venue. Place or, and, yeah, oh, man. I don't know if I can settle on one. It's a cool one. Okay. Like go with two. Of course, maybe. that's fine with us. <clears throat> it's your van. All right. <laughs> the pilot of the van. Okay, so I played in an indie rock band called Plain Clothes Tracy. Yeah. Um, a couple of years back. It was it was kind of like indie folk rock. Mm. Um, so it was pretty dancey, pretty folky, and we had a female singer. So um, we were very, very accessible to a lot of crowds. Much less, or much more so than some of the other bands I've been in, which have been like 
death metal bands. <laughs> but you know, grandparents don't like that. Right. <laughs> right. Stuff like that. But um, having a female singer, I'm sure, kinda helps yeah, to make it, you a little bit more warm and fuzzy. Yeah, rounded the edges a little bit. Yeah. We were on this tour going up the East Coast and we had a show in Awanda Green, North Carolina, I believe. Um and it was it was actually kind of a festival type thing. We weren't really we weren't aware of all the details coming up to it. It was kind of one of the last shows we had booked. And it ended up being at a barn, <laughs> which was already super cool. <laughs> um, that was definitely our widest range of an audience because it was, the festival was kind of all over the place. So we had, you know, the age range in general, just to that audience was probably three or four to like 75. Nice. <laughs> You really hit the spectrum on that. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> That's about everyone. <laughs> it started raining as soon as we got to the venue, aka the barn. So it started raining, and it was like getting pretty bad. And we were waiting to go on. We already had our all of our stuff kind of packed up onto the stage, if well, you will. Yeah, for lack of a better word, the grain loft. <laughs> <laughs> it started coming down really hard. So they had a bunch of tarps, and they pulled a bunch of tarps over, like kind of the front of the stage area and had a, they had a bunch of chairs and whatnot so people could sit down so they like tarped to the area where people were like hanging out while we were playing i can't remember if we either played one song and then this happened or this happened right before we started playing but it started coming down real hard and it's like thunder and lightning everywhere and they were like hey you know we we rented this pa we can't necessarily destroy you know. it yeah <laughs> so they um they were like we're going to pack up the PA and everything, but we've got like a smaller PA if you guys don't mind to play out of that. We're like, oh, you know, whatever. That, <laughs> we don't care. We just want to play and have fun. Yeah. We played that show to the broadest spectrum uh, an audience that I think we've ever had. And we played while it was like thunderstorming crazy. <laughs> so there were plenty of times where I was like, this is it. This is the last night. <laughs> if this is how I go out, that's fine. About to get electrocuted to death, <laughs> holding this bass in my hand. I, I think because of that, we were all there was like an extra little bit of energy. Oh, for, I believe that for all of us, you know. So we all started like running around, like going a little more ham than the normal. And Probably that, put on a pretty kick-ass show too. <laughs> I mean, I thought so. I don't know. No, that that was a lot of fun. So, what sort of crowd response did you get from this? Oh, they loved it. Oh, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah, and like, you know, they they loved the music. I think and. Just the fact that we're like so gung ho about it, you know, we're like, we don't need a, a big PA, you know, we, we practice with like you know, half of this equipment, we'll be fine. <laughs> That's awesome. And we're playing in a barn, so. Oh man. It was super cool. I got a t shirt. You got a t shirt from the festival? <laughs> yeah. Worth it. And I would say my second favorite gig, if you will, kind of my favorite for similar reasons, the band I was actually in with you, Hayden. Uh oh. Amidst the mannequins, name oh, um, he just name dropped that before before Hayden was in the band. We ended up playing at our guitarist Scott at his parents' house because they had like some big family gathering. Oh, they had like <laughs> you know they got like um, rented out tents and gazebos and stuff, and it was all catered. There were probably like sixty people there just from his whole like extended family, hmm. and they're like, "Oh, Scott, we really really want your band to play." Oh my god, it'll be so much fun! And like we were death metal, <laughs> just so they had no. Do you have any of it? Okay, well, so uh, I have some of when I was in the band, but you can at least get a taste of of what the <laughs> what 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 played <laughs> yeah. for the parents. So 
You ready? Okay, here so we then, go. Then this is Hayden singing. This is me yep. vocals amidst the mannequin. And Blake the on the bass. Blake is the bass player, yes. And right. enjoy. So that's when we got crazy. Whoa. Right. So <laughs> along those lines of music and his whole family had no idea what to expect. <laughs> no way. Yeah. So we we set up on this tiny, maybe eight by ten, like little concrete thing outside of his oh, basement. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. And they were outside in these huge tents. And we played I think two songs and kind of the same aspect. We were like, they don't know what to expect, so let's go ham. Right. <laughs> so we were like headbanging, jumping around all over the place, and his whole family was like, what? They were like, oh my god, Scott's like... going to hail! <laughs> <laughs> I remember, I don't know who it was, like in his family, but there was like a little four-year-old that kind of like ran up and was all excited, and as soon as we started, it was like, dun 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 He was like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's the devil's music, y'all. Oh. So those are my two favorite shows, I That's think, just awesome. for like the kind of pure shock factor and just the weird hilarity that ensued throughout both shows. Jeez. Mercy. I'll never forget when I first found out that you were in a band and you sang like that. It's <laughs> like, what? Yeah, we've never really talked about this on the BRV. No, we no, That was my younger days. I was, I liked to get a little heavy in the metal music bands and, yes, he did. and things of that sort. Yeah, and Blake knows that side of you. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's awesome. So. Yeah, I'd, I'd wear my camo cargo shorts and headbang. Honestly, <laughs> honestly, the the last show I played with the Mits Mannequins was uh, with Hayden, and that was probably one of the most fun shows played. I that played was too. a fun show. I'll be honest, that it was, was fun. At, it was at the Long Branch um, Saloon. Yeah, down off of Cumberland. Yeah, was, yeah, yeah, yeah. It I was that. packed. Yeah. Just because it was like I don't even know if we said it was our last show at the time. No, we were whatever, just like. But, it was our first we just show like in a long time. So told we, everybody, and yeah, we like we got everyone to come out. It was heavy, dude. It was cool because we, you know, there was a big crowd. They were, you know, a lot of which were our friends, uh, just coming out to support us and whatnot. But there were a ton of people there that were just like, "I want to come to a show." Well, there was also some dude Ark. Yeah, dude, they were freaking sick. Those guys were nuts. Yeah, uh, I, there's a few dudes. I mean, they're all still doing different things, like in Knoxville, man, and they're all good. Mm-hmm. Man, those all the dudes that were in that group were just phenomenal. Yeah, Uncle Ben. Yeah, Uncle Ben Eller. Yeah, Ben Eller. If anybody uh, needs some guitar lessons, check him out on YouTube. Um, ben Eller Guitars, I think, is his tag. He has Jesus. A, <laughs> he has a series of um, like guitar instructional and whatnot videos called "This Is Why You Suck at Guitar." <laughs> very entertaining and huh. also very full of knowledge. Yeah. That dude is a beast. He really is. Like, so how do you even go from playing an instrument and having friends that play an instrument to forming a band? You suck really bad for a long time. <laughs> That's how you start. No, I don't mean as far as like the quality of the band, but I mean, like, obviously it's something similar to what we're doing here. It's just something that you guys decide that you want to do, and then you get together on a common night, and you just do it, and mm-hmm. you get progressively better because you do it over a period of time. But how does that 
work? Like, do you have to have certain... From from my experience, it's typically started from just being around friends and finding a common musical interest. Like, um, Tyler, that played guitar in our band, uh, I met him in high school. We had, like, a U.S. history class together, and I think... I just walked in one day with like a Between the Buried and Me hoodie on, and he was like, hey, dude, nice shirt. And we've been friends ever since, and we just like I guess more found I, out that we started talking, and we found out that we both played music, and we're into the same kind of music. I and, can ask the question in a more precise way, I guess. <clears throat> do you actively recruit different instruments, <laughs> I guess is yeah. what I'm saying, or do you guys just learn to play different instruments? If you're a f- group of friends that's all musically inclined and loves music and playing instruments... But say you're four guitar players, you know, and you need somebody to play the drums or whatever. Does one of you just learn how to play the drums if you want to make a band? Or you go find somebody that's a kick-ass drummer right. and bring them in? Like, I mean, you know, it, it can go... Because you talked about how many instruments you play. You know, is it just something where you guys just kind of end up deciding, we're going to be in a band, you can sing, so you're going to be the singer, so you stop playing guitar and you're going to sing. And right. you're pretty decent at the drums, so you get better at drums and you're going to mm. drum. Like, is it just something kind of like that, or? No, not necessarily. I mean, it can kind of go either way. You know, I'm sure some bands have been formed that way. You know, especially the most common example I would imagine would be three guitarists, and they're like, well, we just need two guitars and a bass player. So one of them's like, all right, I'll, I'll just play bass. Right. Because, you know, at least guitar and bass are fairly similar. Um, I'm sure there, you know, have been plenty of bands that have started out that way, like, you know, a guy not really knowing how to play drums that well, but they're like, oh, we, you know, do this, or I wrote this, or figure out how to do this, whatever. But that's not how it started for you. No, typically not. Um, I I was in marching band in high school. Super cool. Nice. So you're surrounded by a bunch of people that have talents in a bunch of different instruments yeah, right and, there. And so That and, um, you know, while I was in marching band, I was playing in, like, that punk rock band I was talking about earlier. I actually played drums in that. And, you know, we just, I think, okay, I'm getting kind of sidetracked here, but that, that band specifically ended up kind of turning out that way. Cause I played drums and bass and my friend Tony played guitar. And then we met this guy, Kyle, that was really into the same kind of music we were and everything. And he didn't really, he didn't really play any instruments but he wanted to, and he really liked that kind of music. So we were like, I was like, all right, we can teach, I'm you, bass. teach you how to play bass. Yeah, right. <laughs> so I guess, yeah. Especially yeah, punk rock bass. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're going to play these six notes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, so, yeah, um, it, it can, it, it really just, it varies. I mean, I, just, I guess I just was viewing a bunch of dudes that like music, or people, it can be females too, but a bunch of people that are around that love music and want to do it together, and they just kind of figure it out. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not necessarily like expert, 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 expert at certain instruments. You yeah. just kind of figure that stuff out. I can tell you there's a lot of bands that make millions of dollars where I think the singer is terrible. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like, I think you picked the wrong person to be your lead singer, in my right. opinion. But you made a million dollars, so it's whatever, but... <laughs> um, so it, it can go a bunch of different ways. I guess yeah. that's kind of what I meant. Yeah, it can but. turn it can turn out, you know, like that. Just you know, a band or musical group can persevere through, through like via a friendship. You know, just a bunch of guys or girls, a bunch of people hanging out playing music, and there can be that feel, you know, that kind of gives it that spark, right? Whatnot, or you know, you can go that other route to like, okay, you know, 
this guitarist isn't good enough, let's find another guitarist, or one that better suits what we want to do. That's the sucky route. Yeah, it's especially when you're in that level of music, like playing with your friends. If you're like mm-hmm. trying to kick one of your friends out for another guy, that's yeah. I know I've been there too, and it's a it's like a bromance breakup. Yeah, it's kind of you're like in the young in the younger years, you know, in like the high school you're years. You're like, it's man, like, unless you're gonna be able to to slay these riffs, we're gonna have to find a different dude. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> it's real. No, I know we were there. Like. Like and you don't. It's one of those things you don't realize until after they start playing on a record, and you're trying to keep it in time for tight ass metal shit. And mm-hmm. you know you're like, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> but then you're recording it. You're like we're edit, we'll edit it later. It's yeah. <laughs> so or I'll just play it over again. <laughs> so I've, let's kind of cycle back. I said earlier that we would come back right yeah. to the massage therapy stuff. Oh, excuse me, the myoskeletal therapy to be correct so i've only had a couple of massages in my life and the reasons that i went worse was because i was stressed out mm-hmm. so what would you say is the most common reason why you end up having people on your table well people that come in to temple typically are coming in because they have some sort of injury or they've had surgery in the past or just some sort of dysfunction you know typically a pain which is nine times out of ten caused by a pattern. For instance, um, in myself, I'm also very hyper aware of all the pain that I feel now since I, like, (laughs) study it, basically. I believe that. Um, But, you know, nine times out of ten, when I sit down, I will cross my right leg over my left leg. Um, I'll put my right ankle, my left knee, and, you know, that in its own right isn't harmful to the body. But I do it probably 20 times every day, and that's just like how I sit. So because of that, um, because of that pattern that I've created, you know, it typically leads to the left side of my pelvis being lower, my right side being higher, in turn make my right leg shorter, and that gives me like lower back pain. Shit, that's going to cause a whole bunch of problems. Yeah, and yeah. you know, again, it's all connected. So it can be pain, pain you feel, say, in your lower back, isn't always necessarily going to come from your lower back. Correct. Oh, yeah. It could be the damn insole you have in your shoe. Yeah. Yeah, wrecking you from the ground up. You know, a lot of times, assess people and work on them and whatnot. A lot of their problems come from their feet. It's usually Hmm. feet, usually feet or hips are like undiagnosed pronation and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, say your say for instance, your right foot is more supinated than your left foot, which means the it's going to roll out. Your uh, inside is going to be higher than the outside. That's going to give you a higher arch than your other foot, and that's going to, again, just the tiniest tip of the scales can, in the long run, turn into the worst thing. Because pain, I feel like... I use this analogy a lot. It's a strange analogy, but I like analogies. Pain, to me, is very similar to... For instance, cutting your hair. Very weird analogy, I know. Okay. Stick with me. All right, bring it. Um, so if you're growing your hair out, you know, I know from example, again, I was in a metal band. I had long hair. Long hair was a necessity. Right. Long hair don't care. Exactly. But not a neo-Nazi cut. No. <laughs> <laughs> More um, slayer. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> no, um, if you're growing your hair out, you see it every single day. So you might not necessarily realize how long it's getting until, say, you run into someone you haven't seen in months. And they're like, wow, dude, your hair is really long. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, yeah, I guess it is. You know, I, I view pain in a similar way because 
We all have pain, and it varies, but no matter how small it starts, we end up building up a tolerance to it. Just mm-hmm. kind of get used to it. Um, like the first time I actually even got a massage, I didn't realize until after the massage, I was like, wow, you know, this is this is how I'm supposed to feel. Mm-hmm. I'm not supposed to just feel like crap all the time. If they weren't so damn expensive sometimes. It's worth it, though, man, I'm telling you. That is an unfortunate thing, and it's unfortunate that um, it's battling kind of the fight with insurance companies Uh, and whatnot. Yeah. You know, a lot of of insurance companies don't necessarily accept a lot of massage therapy. Um, Well, I could argue back at that insurance company, yeah, but I feel a whole lot better afterwards. Yeah, right? (laughs) It's it's not just a luxury. Yeah. That's where I feel like. I mean, I can tell you right now, every time I've went to like a like a professional therapist and and had them diagnose me like literally like look me like you know ask me they ask me a series of questions and I answer and then they're like okay well we're gonna do this for you and then they do said thing I'm just like oh like when I leave that place I feel like I'm just on a different planet like mm-hmm. I'm just like a million times better but people that get them regularly swear by them you yeah know? I mean that's the other thing about it is it's people like me <clears throat> it's people like me that that don't work it into my daily or monthly budget or whatever I can say or t- daily routine but that are so blown away when I walk away like what you just said like holy shit I'm supposed to feel this way all the time <laughs> yeah. oh there's no way it'll go away and it's there's no mm-hmm. way and I guess I just get reserved in that yeah and then, and then you to, get used to it again of course like, oh, of course you, you find know, your own what you said about that pattern and that routine <clears throat> I mentioned to you outside when we were throwing the football in our ritualistic, you know, pre-podcast game of catch that I have an hour commute to work and I have for pretty much the better portion of about the last seven years. So that sitting in that bucket seat, you know, position, you know, every day for two hours a day has exasperated the the pain, the damage that I have in my lower back that was caused from, you know, sports playing, Mm -hmm. you know, when I was younger. So I have bad lower back problems and i really doubt that they are caused from my actual back you know so so do you hear you explain it like that was it hit home for me for sure definitely yeah. i start, started making sense with with You're like oh, okay. my current situation it's like i need to get an appointment with mr blake over here and, and <laughs> get that's, set up that's one of the things i really enjoy about working at temple is that you know a lot of people that end up coming in there do come in for a reason mm-hmm. and I really, I really enjoy not only trying to help them with those problems, but also trying to explain to them, you know, what might be causing the issue or, you know, why you're feeling released in your lower back when I'm working on like your quads or something, you know, things like that. I, I like sharing my knowledge that I've learned. Also, would it subject. not be, I mean, I would imagine it feels great when you actually get to see someone make a turn for the better. Like, see, and I, I can only imagine how good that feels. Like, I equate yeah, that someone's to a, life better. Uh, somebody that's a weight training, you know, training fitness trainer, somebody that is not just teaching you how to lift weights, but mm-hmm. somebody that's also teaching you how to eat better and yeah. how to cook mm-hmm. foods and things like that. It's the same type of sharing your knowledge to help further this, this, this situation or to help create a new pattern. Yeah, you erase that old pattern that's put on 50 pounds or whatever, or that's caused that ache in your lower back. And, start a new pattern and that's another another thing about temple is it's it's really kind of an overall wellness center what i do there is just the myoskeletal body work um there is a gym there they do like personal training health coaching they have a little kitchenette i think they do cooking classes every once in a while stuff like that so it really is just an overall sort of wellness you know that's awesome. en- enthusiastic center that's freaking sweet okay so 
If people are wanting to get a hold of you, Blake, and they're wanting to set up an appointment, how how does that work? How are they going to do that? Well, um, they can look up information on the Temple website, templehp.com, or look at the Facebook, which is also Temple HP. To schedule an appointment, you can call the office at 865-288-4412. Just ask for a session with Blake. If you use the code word BIGREDVAN, you get $25 off your service. Oh, nice. look at What's that. Thanks, We're going to tweet dude. that, you know. <laughs> That's amazing. So, templehp.com, you said? Yes, sir. And then the Facebook page is just the Temple HP. Temple HP as well. And then they're looking at phone number 865-288-4412. It's 865-288-4412. Call and ask for Mr. Blake. Set That's up right. an appointment. Mention BRV. Well, how much? What did you say the savings was? Um, $25 off. Holy shit. That is amazing, dude. Mm-hmm. Mention BRV. Get $25 off your session with Mr. Blake. I think that a lot of people need to do this. And then tell me how it is. And then thank us for having Mr. Blake on the air. And thank him. We for definitely the great got work. some local listeners, y'all out there. You know, you know. And Temple Human Performance is at twenty ninety nine Thunderhead Road, Suite two hundred five. If you you are familiar with the Knoxville area, it's North Shore and Pellissippi. It's on the second floor of the Cassie's building. All right. Oh, nice. So one of those new buildings is mm-hmm. it? Okay, out there in all Fancy that new, new Publix newness. area. Yeah, right yeah. there. Okay. Yeah, near like the Soccer Taco oh, and. Yeah. Um, Casual pint and all that. Nice. I, li- I lived off of North Shore well before all of that mm-hmm. stuff was built up. <laughs> yeah, so it, it's, it's blown up over the crazy past Crazy going years. over there now. Sorry, what were you going to say? Oh, I was going to say, well, now that we got the business done with, you got a few more f- fun ones to ask? Yeah, I, I got just a couple. Uh, this is a standard. Every guest has been asked this question. What's your favorite state? I'm going to have to say Tennessee. Okay, yeah. that'll work. Yeah, we'll take it. Can you sing Rocky Top? Rocky Top. I, I can play it in every key. <laughs> That's impressive. <laughs> Hayden, Hayden can sing it. You can give us the first verse, Rocky right? Top. Just the just the first actual. Rocky Top. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. That's, all right. That's why all the folks on Rocky Top drink their corn from a jar. I know that one. Drink? No. It's corn won't grow up on all rocky top because the ground's too rocky by far that's why all the folks on rocky top get their corn from a jar that's there you mm. go that's what there i was that's the for. official there it okay. is lyric that was there. me saying that so so yes i know i didn't sing it that no, wasn't sorry that wasn't hate that was me netflix or youtube netflix toaster eggs eggs pie or cake pie would you rather have a rich friend or a loyal friend loyal football or basketball soccer <laughs> <laughs> And then one more time, everybody, visit Mr. Blake at Temple Human Performance. Get a hold of him, 865-288-4412. Look him up on the interweb, templehp.com, or on Facebook at templehp. Give him a call, mention BRV. Get some savings, $25 on your session with him. Thank you so much for joining us for session. Who is it? Blake, we appreciate having you in, buddy. This Thanks was awesome. for having me. This was a lot of fun. So are you, you going to stick around for Van Top, or you got to head out? Yeah, absolutely. You're here? Hell yes. Let's do this. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We'll catch you on the next one. Mm-hmm.